Welcome along to this week's edition of Behind the Boxes. It's uh, quite a sombre one we're going to start with, with uh, the sad news of the passing of Leviathan Breeder and champion guy in Paul Wheeler. I'll talk to Timmy the Battler Newbold about that in just a moment, but we've got a big show coming up. Nevertheless, we've got a super Saturday at Wentworth Park with uh, two Group 1s, the Group 1 Vic Peters Classic, the Group 1 Peter Mossman Opal, also the Group 2 Sydney Cup, an intriguing race for the stayers as well. So it is a super Saturday. Sydney is out of lockdown. The Battler joins us on Behind the Boxes and made us a set. Very sad news uh, on Wednesday evening we received that Paul Wheeler had passed away. Yeah, Duke, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, really sad news which filtered through last night. Uh, uh, Paul Wheeler, a, a legend of the of the sport, Duke. And, and, and legend in this day and age, in my opinion, is used uh, way too often. Uh, but Paul, legend, uh, Paul Wheeler was an utter legend. Uh, what he has done for this industry. Uh, look, I, I didn't I didn't know Paul all that well. I'd only met him a couple of times and had a couple of quick, short conversations. He was always uh, really, really good to chat to. Very, very knowledgeable man. And he, 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 his innovation in greyhound racing is quite remarkable. I know you knew him really, really well and, and went back a long, long way uh, with your dealings with Paul over the years, Duke. Yeah, and again, it's... As you say, that word legend, you think of J.B. Cummings, Tommy Smith. Um, Paul had the unenviable task of taking over from his father, Alan, uh, when Alan unfortunately passed away as well at, at quite a young age. Um, and it wasn't easy. And, and Paul, at that time, he was at the Oaks. Um, and my first real dealings, although I'd grown up knowing about the wheelers, I hadn't really had a lot to do with Paul until the very early 1990s. Another great mate of mine and, and one of Paul's best friends in Gary Young, who raced all the big bad dogs. Um, I was in the process of making my very first Greyhound Racing Extra video. Uh, Gary gave me the invitation uh, to contact Paul. I wanted to do a feature story. Paul was on my very first edition of Greyhound Racing Extra. Couldn't be more helpful. I remember uh, after we produced it and before we released it, I sent him a video and... Uh, I get a phone call on a Thursday night. I was sitting, standing in the lounge room at my house at Borkham Hills and he goes, G'day, Mark, it's Paul. And he was always, you know, came across sort of gruff and abrupt and that, but he, he wasn't like that. I said, oh, yeah. He said, I've just watched that video. And I've gone, oh, Jesus. He goes, I've got to tell you, he said, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen produced about Australian greyhound racing. For me, it wasn't so much, Timmy, the fact that, um, you know, someone saying how good it, it was. It was the fact that it was Paul Wheeler. So a man who I respected so much. And not a lot of people realise that, um, you know, he trained three DAPTO 100,000 winners. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one cost him a trip to America, to Disneyland for his young daughter. He promised her a trip over there if he won the race. And, um, and I remember being at a teppanyaki restaurant at Castle Hill with Gary Young, uh, Paul and Jan, um, and my, my kids and my wife at the time. And, and I remember Gary saying to Paul at the time, he said, mate, you've got to work out what you want to do in greyhound racing. Do you want to be a breeder? You want to be a rearer? You want to be a trainer? You want to be a stud master? He said, because you can't be everything. Hmm. And it was only, it was a very short time after that, that Paul made the decision basically to stop training, started farming his dogs out. And hmm. from there, you look at the success he's had, mate. It would take us 10 minutes to go through the dogs. I mean, just the impact hmm. of, Dogs like Barcia Bale and Fernando Bale at start. Mm. Um, mm. You know, they've changed the way. Paul was, was very um, 
very, you know, I guess dominant in the way that he brought uh, semen in from America and, and, and Ireland. And people say, oh, yeah, he could afford to do that. He's got a million brood bitches. He can. But but again, he's changed the course hmm. of, of how we breed in that, mate. And terrible loss. I can only imagine what Jan and hmm. Brandon and Brandon's wife, Nicole, I could only imagine how they would be feeling at the moment to lose someone at such a young age, mate, after hmm. they made the move down to Moringa and, southwest new south wales um terrible loss mate yeah sure is duke and yeah our condolences to jan brendan nicole the entire family and all paul's really close uh, friends he, he's left an indelible mark on this industry will never be forgotten a, a true legend along with his, his dad alan uh both inducted into the australian yeah. uh, greyhound racing hall of fame the only father and son uh, combination to to be inducted so um yeah really really sad time and uh yeah this industry yeah it's uh i think we're all in a little bit of shock yeah and again you know you look at the the dogs you know if you say to anyone in the greyhound dogs do you know the bales or do you know mm -hmm. the allens or yeah do you know the diners that they all know they all know the bale dogs there was a time where south australian greyhound racing mm -hmm. wouldn't have survived without paul wheeler bred dogs um i yeah. think i was supplying 22 23 of the fields very funny story to me. He was never a punter, right? Mm. Never a punter. I never knew him to bet, right? Except when it came to a big group one race. Right? <laughs> I do know this story, yes. <laughs> and I'd say to him, what have you done? He goes, you know what I've done? I go, what have you done? He said, I've had $10 on every other dog bar mine because he didn't want to be the mock, right? Uh, and I'd go up there after the race and there on the table in front of all the betting tickets, right? So he'd spend like 60 or $70 on the race. And pick up a hundred thousand winner because he didn't want to mock his own dog. I, I actually do remember because I actually seen the tickets when Radley Bale won the golden Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, I think I was doing working on the catching pen then, and and we actually had the camera there and we we filmed all of the other tickets that Paul had uh, Paul had put on when Radley Bale. He won did it every feature Easter. race, mate. No matter yeah. where it was, Melbourne Cups, Australian Cups, whatever. So yeah. again, our on behalf of the entire greyhound racing industry, but particularly us here at Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Our sincere condolences uh, to the Wheeler family on the loss of an absolute legend of a man. All right, Timmy, you're out of lockdown. Uh, you're at about, what, 80, 85% double vaccination rates. What's happening as far as COVID restrictions with people being allowed on course in New South Wales is concerned? Yeah, last night, Greyhound Race in New South Wales put out an announcement with the the uh, changing uh, guidelines with uh, New South Wales health and whatnot. So to now enter uh, a greyhound racing track in New South Wales, you need to be double vaccinated, either double vaccinated. Uh, if you are living in a regional area, you need to have had one vaccination and the other one booked by November 1, or the other one is you've got a medical uh, exemption. Uh, you can enter the track if you have got uh, a, a medical exemption. So they're the, they're the conditions uh, up until December 1 when we will open up all freely. Uh, you know, we'd like to think it could be a little bit before then, the way the, uh, the vaccination rates are going here in New South Wales. I think first dose now is up to around the 91% mark early this morning and and second doses around the, the you know 77 78 or thereabouts so yeah they're they're the new uh rules which came out last night wednesday night uh so yeah double vaccination uh to enter the track and uh, trainers can still race their greyhounds just need to work out 
yeah, a fellow trainer can you know, you can whether you wanted to drive to the track or meet the trainer somewhere, and then you know they do what, what however you see fit, but you can still race your greyhound. So double vaccination if you're in a regional area, it is slightly dif different. One vaccination with the other one booked by November one or a medical exemption. So uh, all of the information is on the website. So uh, any participants who just need clarification, uh, just give anyone a call in the office or or go to the uh, the various websites. Now just to be clear here, mate, because I. I've read on social media that a lot of people want to pipe greyhound racing in New South Wales. This is actually a New South Wales health directive. It is not yep. greyhound racing in New South Wales. You are only following the directions of New mm. South Wales health. Exactly, Jude. And, and they are ever-changing, as everyone knows, over the last three or four months. There's always new rules and restrictions coming through and, and, and different pub, uh, public health orders. So it is that we're obeying by the, 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 new, uh, the New South Wales government guidelines and and if you read closer you know greyhound facilities are considered entertainment facilities recreational venues uh and the like so uh, it is a directive from the new south wales government so uh, uh, uh the rapid antigen testing was introduced to try and counteract but now that that has been taken over it's been paused for the moment because as i said earlier you, you need to be either double vaxxed or those other other conditions to uh to enter a, a greyhound track here in new south wales and if you've been double vaxxed uh you will have that uh, on your smartphone or you'll have a, a photocopy or something like that of it. That's the um, COVID-19 uh, certificate, which tells that you're double vaccinated. But as Timmy said, uh, go to thedogs.com.au or grnsw.com.au for all the latest as far as uh, the COVID is concerned or the COVID entry rules are concerned for tracks right around New South Wales. All right, let's start talking racing. Last Friday night, mate, uh, the Group 2 Blacktop, Boy, oh boy, did that race live up to the expectations. Uh, Pre-race, Morsource drawn in box one, uh, Zulu Warlord drawn in, in box four, the fastest qualifier, Zipping Kyrgios, drawn in box five. All these different scenarios of who was going to lead, where was Zipping Kyrgios going to sit, and, you know, is there going to be casual glance coming down the outside? What a race for the ages. And Zipping Kyrgios straight onto the fence behind Morsource, Zulu Warlord outside Morsource. What a race it was down the back straight. They declared it on, didn't they, that pair? Morsource and, and Zulu Warlord and Zipping Kyrgios. You know what? It kind of reminded me a little bit of and Nick. You know, I think he just slid into third, curl as a cucumber, yeah. thinking, have a look at these pair, just cut each, at each other in front. I'm just going to hook three deep, put them away late. That's what he did. Uh, look, <sighs> He's been in the money in his past, I think, 17 runs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, taken feature races, run amazing times, new track records. Uh, he is a he is just the complete race dog now. His track sense is what is winning him races. He's not that lid ping straight to the front, run them ragged. He's got to get into the right positions in his races, and he's doing it, Duke. And I'm not comparing him to this greyhound rapid journey but i'll tell you what he's got the track sense now i think of a rapid journey because he he just knows where to go duke and he's just getting himself in the right places at the right time and uh, uh minnie and john have done a, a marvelous job with him um as i said we, we 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 looked at that race over and over there were a number of different scenarios uh there was only one greyhound you wanted to be on at that first turn when he oh. was snuck into third position 
and watch those two leaders really cut at each other. They were both ter- tremendous too, Duke. Um, How good was Sauce? Yeah, he was great. Zulu Warlord. Now, there was a bit of a knock on his form going into it. Was he going as well as what he he had been previously? But he ran a bottler. Uh, but, you know, all honours to Zipping Curious. He, he was just super strong to the line. Uh, interesting. You know, he has uh, been uh, given a nomination, uh, an invite uh, in the top 20 or 30, whatever it is, for the, the top gun. So he's got to be right in the mix for that race. And then, uh, you know, we've got all of the other feature races here in New South Wales. Where will they go? They've got the Melbourne Cup, the Phoenix coming up. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think he's got an exciting couple of months ahead, Zipping Kyrgios. Yeah, he's really taken, as Minnie said last week when we spoke to it, Timmy, that he, he's he's got better with racing. Mm. He's He's got smarter. He's got brainier. I, you compared him to the greyhound that I have always considered the best race dog. I, mm. I, I've always said I thought Brother Fox is the fastest dog I've ever seen. Rapid Journey is the best race dog I've ever seen. And you're right, he zipping Kyrgios last week, he ended up two back the fence uh, where I thought Ritza William would be. I mm. thought I thought zipping Kyrgios would be three back the fence. Mm. But he came out, got the run, down the back straight. He was the only one you wanted to be on. As I said, I, I thought more sauce was extremely gallant at what was only his third ever 500. Zulu Warlord, we know what he dishes up. He's just such an honest campaigner and that. But, yeah, all honours with uh, Zipping Kyrgios. And we, we'll wait and see exactly where he goes. But you'd think he is a contender in any of the big races. All right, it is a super Saturday at Wentworth Park this Saturday night. Timmy, you and I will both be there. We've got a showcase presentation that we'll be streaming live uh, through our social avenues uh we've got two group ones a group one big peter's classic group one peter mossman opal and one of the most intriguing staying races that we've seen for a long time the group two sydney cup let's talk about the opal first uh last week fernando's glory ran 29.71 she sent the benchmark we're going to talk to mickey hartman in just a moment about his chances uh fernando's glory went 29.71 uh winning her heat and Again, I, you know, big races are won by 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 good boxers, Timmy. And you just look at the way that the field has been drawn for this, and you think that she's salacious off the inside, and Fernando's glory—they're going to be the two punters' picks, and they're going to be the punters' picks for good reason. Yeah, I think she's salacious. Particularly is is beautifully drawn down on the rails underneath Fernando's glory, who will give her room to move in the early stages. Uh, she ran 29.88 a couple of runs ago. She's salacious and then led all of the way on Saturday night in 30.03. Uh, she makes her own luck on the speed. Uh, look, I think the two greyhounds uh, wide out of the value in the race uh, in analysing and Sophie's RN. Uh, Sophie's RN, I thought, was terrific. First up under race conditions at Woodworth Park when she finished second behind She's Salacious. And I think she could easily turn the tables. I like her drawn wide out. She did trial 29.80 at Woodworth Park prior to that run last Saturday night. And analysing, as Mick will tell us really soon, is just a really good race bet. She's as uh, just as, re- as reliable as they come at box ride. She's got that early pace to put herself into the race each and every time she steps out on the track. And I think she's nicely drawn wider out because she's only a 25 kilo bitch and she'll be looking to charge over and, and get the fly through the first turn. So box one is beautifully drawn. Oh, I think Fernando's glory Duke is probably a bit better drawn in boxes four, five or six. Uh, Cause she does want to shift a little bit. Um, and 
out wide, I think, are the two really well-drawn greyhounds. So I think this is a very intriguing race too. Um, and there's a couple of roughies too in there that you, you can't really rule out. Um, you know, Ziggy Star at 10 to 1. She was she was really strong in the latter stages uh, after being headed in the early part and then came again late. So, yeah, it's a really, really strong race, Jude. Well, the man who's got two runners in this, including the favourite, is Mickey Hardman, who joins us on Behind the Boxes today. Mick, thanks uh, for being a guest again. This is your second appearance on the show. You're becoming a regular, mate. Uh, let's talk about Fernando's Glory first, the fastest heat winner. Only four starts back, mate. She broke a maiden, and here she is on Saturday night, favourite for a group one. Yeah, she, um, she in, in um, pre-training, she pre-trained well. Then she come on season towards the end. Then in lockdown, I, I was racing around Goulburn, which she wasn't suited so much. Um, I took her up to Bathurst one night and trialled her off last for chasing me honey. And she only got booted length in 29.7. So I knew that she could run. It was just a matter of time before she come good and started putting it all together. And she draws box two on Saturday night. Um, we saw her have the rails here last week at Wendy going 29.71, a 5.39 first split. You'd love to see her replicate that early speed again. Yeah, I actually don't know where that comes from. She's uh, her, her, her last section has been the best of all the performances so far. So she surprised me. Mick, going into that race, she was fresh. Do you think that did help her come out and then show that early burn? Because she hadn't had a run for what a, a little over three weeks. She'd had a trial at Narrow where she did go quick, but being fresh did help her show that bit more early speed? Well, I actually think the opposite, Timmy. I think she the work during the week, she trialled at Narrow on the Monday. Um, I'll give a Tuesday off, and I'll work the Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and then went to the race on Saturday. So... Yeah, so she actually trolled on the Monday 500 at um, Nara. What about this week's preparation? Have you replicated that? Done exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Never so change it if it works, mate. We worked her really hard on Monday and, and, and same routine during the week. What about analysing drawn out in box seven? I, again, she was really impressive uh, on Saturday night. She had box two in the heat last week. She moves to box seven. Um I'm tipping you probably would like those boxes reversed again, mate. No, I actually think she's drawn well off the track, Mark. Um, she, I, I think she's a bit of a cut and run dog, so I actually prefer a drawn out wide, that bitch. Again, a ton of early speed from her, mate. You, she is, although she's only had 14 starts, six wins, uh, she is one of the most reliable beginners, I'd say, that you've got in the camp. Yeah, it, she, she broke her toe probably about four or five months ago. Um, and I bought her back through uh, Bathurst. If you look at her form, she's been faultless for the last probably three months. Mick, she's one of the most consistent greyhounds in, in New South Wales at the moment. She's absolutely flying as far as I'm, I'm concerned. She continually nails a jump. She's got that yep. early burn. I like what you said. You like her, drawn wider out, a, a bit of a cut and run bit. She's only 25 kilos. Looking at the prices between the two bitches, Fernando's Glory is $2.25 analyzing is $9. I think that is a crazy difference between the pair. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think um, I think you know what you're going to get with analyzing. I think she'll come out and run, you know, 545 or something like that and, and 18 to the back. That's that's what she does week in, week out. Um, and the other bitch, like I said, she's on the way up. So she, she needs to back it up. 
Are you a little concerned? I know you like Fernando's glory drawn down near to the rails, but she did want to shift a little bit, you know, up the home straight through that first corner. Are you worried if she's got any pressure coming down from the outside? She And if she does want to go a little right, is that a little bit of a concern? I'm not too worried about if, her, if she gets shuffled back. Like she's really strong. So I'm not too, wor- not too concerned if she gets shuffled back and if she's third or fourth. Depends who's in front of her. But, yeah, she can... She can probably win from any position where analysing definitely needs to be up near the lead. The biggest danger, Mickey, to your two, I imagine uh, she's salacious, drawn off the red. Um, impressive at the last two starts of Wenny, uh, 29.88 and 30.03 on Saturday. And as we know, uh, boxers win big races, mate. Yeah, I think Peter Simpson's dog is well drawn down in the one, but I think the smoke in the race is the pink. Sophie Zaren for good old Reggie Gardle up here at Grafton. Yeah, I, I think it's a real smoky, that dog, because Adelaide is going to come come down towards the fence yeah. near the winning post there. And I think the pink, you know, if it holds its line and, and doesn't, you know, or begins okay, I think it's in the race. Well, she was, uh, she kicked off her career in the Grafton Maiden Classic, which was won by Zipping Maserati. Um, trolled 29.80 at Wentworth Park uh, recently and then went 30 and 21 when finishing second there. Uh, she's only had one state out of the pink, one for one, so... I'm just looking at the prices, and she's, she's ten dollars. Yeah, she's around that ten dollar. Oh, that's not that much, <laughs> okay. all right. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it is hard to win off the pink there when you're a young dog. Yeah, that's the only probably thing that's going against it. But I think it is well boxed. All right, I'm going to really nail you down here. You've got to sweep your pair, analyzing and Fernando's glory. Who do you lean to? I can't really pick him. Oh, um, no, 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 no. I'll get, I'll get off the fence. I think analysing only purely because I know what she's going to dish up. Yeah. And the price. She's $9 and the other bitch is two twenty five. As a punter, yep. you're There's leaning that way over the two kennel, mate. So, you look, I think for Nito's glory, I think on the night, you'll be getting $3.320. I think she's way under. She'll get out. If the punters are out there and you do want it back for Nito's glory, hold off till Saturday night, you'll get a better price. I think she, your other bitch analyse, I think she'll be a firm at Mick. Yeah, I, I think, look, there's no doubt Fernando's glory is the quickest of the two, but analysing at the moment is a better race pitch. And, Mickey, before we let you go, mate, uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning. We received the sad news last night. Uh, Timmy and I have already spoken about about the passing of Paul Wheeler, absolute leviathan as far as uh, Australian greyhound and world greyhound racing is concerned, uh, a man who had an enormous impact on, on the breeding and racing scene. Yeah, and I think... Um, you know, the thing I found with Paul, like if you asked, if you rang him or spoke to him about anything, he always had time. Didn't matter if you're a teenager or an adult, he'd always give you time and answer your question. I think he was a terrific guy. It's a sad loss to the industry and into the family. Well said. Mickey, uh, best of luck on Saturday night. Fernando's Glory Box 2, analysing Box 7, Group 1, Peter Mossman. Hope it'll be nice to uh, get back out of lockdown and with a, a Group 1 winner, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Well, there's a nice push for uh, analysing Timmy at around that $9.50 quote. And um, again, it's it's funny because you, you want that dog to show early speed. You you know, in a big race final, you want a dog that's going to be up there and, and in that leading division. And and you know you're going to get that with analysing. I can't help but think if the boxes were reversed, if analysing, I know Mickey just said that he doesn't mind her out wide, but if she'd drawn box two, uh, she would be more than half her quote in the betting market. 
Yeah, I can probably agree, Duke. But as we just mentioned to, to Mick, I, I really think she'll be a big firmer come race time. I think Fernando's glory will get out for sure uh, from the, the, the early quotes of 220, 225 or thereabouts. Um, you know what you get with analysing. Uh, she just begins brilliantly and she just charges. She's got that great early speed. And, and, and group one races, Duke, are, you know, eight or nine times out of 10 are won by leaders. And you know she's going to be punching for the lead at the first turn. She's got an undeniable chance. And uh, I'd suggest anyone who does want to back analyzing, take the $9 now or $9.50, $10 or thereabouts, because she won't start that come Saturday night for mine. And as you mentioned, Timmy, you don't mind Sophie Saran. Uh, Reggie's a great man with the dog, Reggie Gardle, who's got Sophie Saran. Uh, 29.7 at, at Lismore over the 5.20 metres, a very comparable sort of run uh, at Wente in, in the sense that she, she trialled 29.80 there. First look at the track last week, first official look. Uh, she ran second behind. She, she's salacious. But, you know, she was solid in that run. Again, you know, box eight at Wentworth Park, it's a horror box for me in, in big race finals. I've seen some champions get beaten from out there, but she's going to get a nice card into the race, mate. Yeah, it's all right to say box eight is no good in those big race finals, but it's all about race shape, in my opinion. And this race, I think she's going to get a nice run with analysing drawn underneath her. I think she's a tremendous Betty, Sophie Zarin. Uh, as you just mentioned, she's run 29.80 in a trial. I think she, her run last week was full of merit. Uh, Analysing drawn underneath it can give her a bit of a card across. Uh, I, I, if I was, the way I would play the race, I think you can back Analysing and Sophie's uh, ran at the 9 and $10 now. And then, um, you know, sit back. I think you're going to get overs about both of those greyhounds. I'll be shocked if they both start around those prices, to be quite frank, Duke. Um, she's hellacious, I think is has got an undeniable chance. Uh, and Fernando's glory, we know what she's capable of. But as Mick just said, he was shocked to see her basically lid ping and run 5.39. Um, he's hoping she'll do it again, replicating what he'd done in the week leading in. But um, look, I don't think she's going... She'll need to run that early section to hold the high-speed greyhounds wide out coming across. So, yeah, I, as I said, playing the race, I think, uh, seven and eight are the way to go at the current prices, Duke. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm keen on the red. I, I thought that uh, She Salacious was beautifully boxed there. She, again, she's got the early pace. We know that she can, you know, she can jump and run. She ran 5.39 in the first mark, you know, two starts back when she ran 86. Um, I, I thought the $3.30, I thought that was, that was a good price about a greyhound in form, well drawn in the race. You know what you're going to get from a, I said 13 starts for nine wins and, and three minors. As say, you know, boxers win big races. I think she's perfectly drawn. That is my tip. She's salacious. I'm going to, again, pin you down. What's your, what's your play in this, Timmy? I'm tipping number eight, Sophie Zaren. $10, I think she's a tremendous bet. Uh, I think number one, she's salacious, is the one to beat you. Uh, I actually think she'll start favourite. I yeah. think 3.30 now, I think she'll start favourite and Fernando's glory will get out to about the 3.30, 3.50, And she's salacious at a chance of starting 2.70, 2.80. Uh, Analyzing in, Sophie's uh, ran, I think will trim down from their quotes of 9 or $10 now. I'm 8.1, 7 analyzing, would have to have a bet on her at the price and then leaving uh, Fernando's glory there. She's got an undeniable chance, but she's well and truly rock bottom odds when we record this show or, or early on Thursday morning.
Yeah, the wings look as if they've got it. One, two, seven, and eight, and I'll be playing them in the multis. All right, we're going to take a short break here on Behind the Boxes. Coming up next, all our regular segments, what's hot, what's not, the rumour file. We're going to talk with Andy Lord about the chances of banded net in the Vic Peters Classic, and also Dave Smith, who has got Super Estrella and now Prim and Proper in the Group 2 Sydney Cup. All that plus a whole lot more coming up in this week's edition of Behind the Boxes. Welcome back to Behind the Boxes. As I said, it's a super Saturday at Wentworth Park this Saturday evening. Group 1 Vic Peters Classic, the Group 1 Peter Mossman Opal, the Group 2 Sydney Car Battler. Let's talk about the Vic Peters Classic, a race that has been won by absolute champions. Uh, I don't know if there's an absolute champion in the making in this, but boy, oh boy, there's a, a few smart dogs, including the likes of Vandernet. Uh, I spoke to Andy Lord on Wednesday morning. We're going to hear that interview in just a moment. But what more can you say about that dog? 14, uh, 14 wins, 17 starts, three minors, 29.55. Thank you very much. Oh, he's, he's been a real revelation over the last few months, hasn't he? He's five out of five at Wentworth Park. As you said, 29.55. He's won 14 out of 17 overall. He's just an utter winning machine. Uh, he's a bit green in the early days, but he's now put it all together. And gee whiz, he has got a mammoth, mammoth engine. He found the line like a runaway freight train last Saturday night. He can overcome difficulties difficulties in his races. Um, he handles all boxes too, Duke. Uh, I think he's well drawn in the middle of the line, but not so well drawn in this particular race where the other greyhounds around him are drawn. But uh, he's a deserved favourite uh, and he's got uh, an undeniable chance. Well, as I said, on Wednesday morning, I caught up with Andy Lord, who, uh, along with his wife, Jody, prepare Bandit Ned, who's drawn box six in the Group 1, Vic Peters Classic on Saturday night. Andy, thanks for joining us on Behind the Boxes. Firstly, mate, I've got to say congratulations on the way that you and Jody have placed Bandit Ned throughout his career. He's now won 14 of 17 He's run three minors as well. But prior to his win in that heat of the Big Peters, the start prior, he was in a fifth grade at Wentworth Park. That must have taken some exceptional planning, mate. Oh, yeah. Over the last six months, he sort of, you know, he started off a little bit scratchy, which we didn't expect. He was going so good in trials. And um, once we learned he'd become a race dog, well, we, you know, we placed him in the right races where, you know, he was in his grade and we knew he had, well, he actually had two fifth grades at Wenny and we picked up one of them the week before the heat. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. He, look, he did do a few things wrong in his first couple of starts. I think that's a tag he still carries with a few pundits and a few punters. I personally think it's an unfair tag uh, if they're still labelling that because realistically, mate, he's done nothing other than show how brilliant he is in his last 13 or 14 starts. Yeah, I think he was just a bit tricky. I mean, um, even in the Gosford Gold Mine, I mean, uh, up until then, he still looked back to see where they were. And that was just more, he was just being cheeky. I mean, the dog is actually a good chaser. I mean, I think punters are warm to him now because you can't do any more than win, you know, and he keeps winning. So. 14 of 17, mate. You make no secret of the fact that you don't think you've reached the bottom of the barrel with this dog um, and you've, you've publicly said some of the times that he's running private trials is just off the charts. Can you give us an insight as to 
what some of those times are at different tracks that you've trialled him at? Oh, look, he's run um, in the low 20s, 24-2 at Colvin. Trial day, that dogs just don't run. And he can do that on any track. Like, um, I took him to Tamora and he broke the track record. He'd never seen the joint. Um, I'll, I'll give you an indication of what, what sort of dog he is. Up my straight, I've got a 500-metre straight with electric timing. And a good run up there is, is well, the record was 19, um, 19.6, and that was by Magic Erna. He used to run 20 and 50 every week. So that's a second off the record. And about four weeks ago, on a slow track, he went 20 and 28. And I said to Jody, this dog's found a leg. He's just improved. And then I put him up the following week, and he broke the 20. And then I put him up the following week, and he went 19.27. Whoa. Just like that. And I can I could see the difference in him in the last six weeks. Just, you know, before he was sort of going into the pen, but not all the way. Yeah. And just the last the last month, six weeks, he's nearly hitting the back of the catching pen. So he's really worked it out now. And I think Fernando's are like that. I've had a few. Um, they're, they're a little bit slow at learning, but they're willing to learn. And the more you teach them, more, obviously, the better they get. He's a brilliant side, you know. Hey, listen, we've been mates for a long while. I remember being at Wentworth Park in 2004. Uh, you and Jody won a national sprint championship uh, with a greyhound called In For Life. And it's a greyhound I think you probably still rank as the best or the freakish, most freakish chase you've, you've ever prepared. Where does Bandit Ned sit alongside In For Life at this stage of his career? Oh, well... I have to say, at this stage of his career, he's going better only because of his win record. His record's phenomenal and um, in for life could get beat, but he was a brilliant dog, you know, and um, he broke records at Cessnock. And I remember when he broke the record at Dapto and um, a come up, he broke 29 and and um, they end up putting up 29-20. I still believe he broke 29. You know, he beat brilliant style that day by 14 lengths. You don't beat Brilliant Style by 14 lengths. She was very fast to sell. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't like tagging dogs, you know, like with other dogs, but I mean, this dog just keeps winning and he keeps improving. So who knows? He's yet to taste defeat at Wentworth Park. Five starts there for five wins. What's even more impressive, he's had 10 starts from box five through to box eight. And he hasn't been beaten in any of those starts either. This Saturday night, it is a group one. He draws box six. Does that box hold any fears for you in this race? None at all. I, I uh, Anything from six out, like if he drew the eight, I'd declare him. But the, the only hang-up I have is I did watch the seven and the seven wanted to come across very quick. So I went back and watched his runs at the gardens and, you know, at the gardens, he sort of didn't want to come across as quick. I'm just hoping that the eight was dragging him across because... If the seven comes out and comes straight across, well, as you know, you know, he's... But I said that at Nara when Notified was outside him and I said, we've got no chance, but he's smart, this dog, or, or, or he's just lucky because that night he, he missed the kick and he just runs straight around him, you know, so he knows how to win. Oh, he sure does. Box seven is Mickey Doo, box eight is Aston Barak. Uh, box five, Andy, is Zipping Panama, who... Uh, put up an enormous effort to win last week, uh, going 55, uh, going, sorry, 69. But we know that he trolled faster there. He is a dog who is unreliable at box size. 
you may get that couple of clear strides at the start with Banded Native zipping Panama and misses it. Uh, Kansas, sorry, Kansas. Yeah, look, he misses it nine times out of ten. I, I think he's a brilliant dog, but he needs to get the start right, that dog, and then he'll probably show what he can do. But um, Bandit Ned won't come across. He'll he'll just slide across, you know, and that's his he Runs that straight and, line early, doesn't he? Yeah. So Mickey Do, Mickey Do needs to miss it. <laughs> and so does Aston Brack, and so does Sydney Kansas. <laughs> and all of them do, and I need to come out running. <laughs> Look, it's a Group 1 final, and, and at the end of the day, you can always be the best dog or, you know, you can be the favourite. You still need luck. Everyone needs luck. I've been in plenty of them and I don't get nervous from any of them type of races, you know. I don't think I've ever seen you nervous in your life, mate. Except when once. maybe you're at boys' school, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boys' school? <laughs> yeah, well, Casey Pedrano will tell you about that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, who is who do you think is the biggest angel? Um, oh, geez, I don't know. The way the boxes are, look, anything can win it. Any dog in the race could win it. And it's not a race where you can say that something's got to, you know, put look, Cop Magnet, a dog that I'd sold to Andrew Bell, I think he'll lead. So, who knows? He might lead and they all might bunch up. And you don't know. It's just one of them races. But I'm quietly confident that I can win it. I mate, best of luck to you and Jody. You have literally been on fire. Uh, you know, that first meeting back at Winning on the Wednesday night, you had five of the nine winners and, and the runs continue. But it's not just in the last few weeks. It's it's obviously been in the last 20, 25 years as well, mate. Yeah, mate, we try hard. And, I mean, we eat and breathe dogs. I mean, we, I haven't had a day off in 10 years. So we do deserve some success, you know. And you're now paying tax, brother. Yeah, the last two years I've paid tax. Now let's get this straight so everyone knows. I've actually I've actually paid tax for twenty years. Right. But it's the first time I've had to pay them. They've been paying me before that. Oh right, right, right. And that's because of the prize money. And the prize money, look, on that on that note, prize money is sensational. Have you ever seen the dog game in New South Wales in a better shape? I was talking to a bloke today, I haven't heard from him for ten years. Remember Peter Cohen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He trained from good. Central Coast, I think. Yeah, yeah, good bloke and a good trainer. And I, he said, I'll never get back in dogs again in my life. And I told him what the prize money is. And he said, oh, I might reconsider it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the prize money's unbelievable. No one's got cause to whinge. It's anyone that can't make a living out of this game, even if you're a professional place getter, you're still yeah. going to take home good money. The money's great. And it's, you know, if, if it gets better, good. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's, anyone can make a living out of Greyhounds now. Yeah. All right, mate. First things first, best of luck on Saturday night with Band and Ned to both you and Jody, mate. And let's hope that luck continues, buddy. Thanks, mate. Well, as Andy said, I guess the conundrum is what's going to happen at the start. You've got Mickey Do, you've got Aston Barak. Um, you know, Mickey steps, he's, he, he does mm -hmm. want to get across to the fence. But, but again, you can keep, I, I guess you can keep finding reasons as to why Banded Ned can't win, hmm. and the dog just keeps winning. And you can analyse things too, Duke. What if Mickey Do misses a kick a length or two? And he can do that. He's very, very touchy at box rise. So if you're saying – and, and I, the way I'm reading the race, I'm reading the Mickey Do will step, uh, but he could easily bomb it. He has in, in many other runs. Uh, and then if he does that, well, Banded Ned's going to get 
plenty of room up the middle of the track to let go and really get into stride. And we know what he's capable of when he's got fresh air uh, and the times he's capable of running. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's an uh, intriguing race again, I think, um, as you said, we've had out and out champions in the past win this race. I don't think there's out and out champions in it, in it this year either, but uh, there's some really, really good dogs, fast dogs. And I think a lot of these dogs will be contesting our, our feature races in, in the next 12 months. Special blend ran 2986. Uh, Sound of silence, very impressive running 2965. No more impressive than zipping Kansas who clocked 2989 coming from a clear last banded net. Uh, ran 30 and 11 in that heat. He ran 29.55 the week prior, I should have said. Uh, and then Mickey Do, Aston Barak, drawn out wide. Also impressive from a wide draw. He loves the outside boxes, Aston Barak. He's a, he, uh, he clocked 29.60 in his heat. Now, as far as the market goes, it's 260 banded net. Uh, $4.60 Aston Barak, 5.50 zipping Kansas. Um, again, a couple of mix-up races, but when you look at a run like Zipping Kansas, as I said last week on the show, we, we'd heard that he trialled fast. He certainly ran up to that trial on Saturday night, Battler. Yeah, he did. I think he'd run around 29, 50 odd in the trial uh, a, a week prior. But you, you can't win races. You can't win group one races uh, by doing what he did um, in his heat. Um, you, you, if you've got a dog in front running 29, 6, 29, 7, and that's a real possibility here, well, you can't do that at box rise. You need an absolute miracle to get through the first turn. He did get that in his heat. Uh, there's no doubting his ability, but he's got to mend those box matters, I think, to win big races. Uh, so he's he's a greyhound, untapped ability, but, you know, he's got a lot to learn. Uh uh, I, I think number eight, Aston Barat, yeah. has got an amazing chance here. Yeah. Um, I'm reading the race and counting on Mickey Do beginning. Yeah. And if he does, Aston Barak will get the greatest run down the outside you've ever seen. He ran 29.60 winning his heat. He's got an, in, a, a, an incredible record from outside boxes. He loves drawing out there. He's got a great record of with Park. He's got a mix of speed and strength. If he begins, Mickey Do goes left. He runs to the top. It's 29.60. And the only dog who could run him down, well, probably two would be Zipping Kansas and Bandit Ned. But they would have to get right on his hammer. They'd have to be within a length working to the back. Now, the way I'm reading the race, it probably won't happen because... Mickey Do, I think, will go left if he begins. And Bandit Ned's going to need to use his, his frame to, to hold his line and, and, and dodge Mickey Do. So, uh, yeah, I, I've landed on Aston Barak for all of those reasons. I think the $4.60 to $5 around the traps is a really fair price. Um, I've got him on top. Mickey Do, I think, is a better chance than his current price does suggest at $10 or $11. Because if he does begin, he could easily get across. Um, and if he happened to lead, he, he would run, I'd imagine, 29-7 on the lure, Mickey Do. So I think he's he's over the odds at the moment. Three cop magnet. Uh, I think he's one of the likely leaders. Could hold on for a little minor placing. But And, and better than that, look, great chance, but it's a very tricky draw. So I think you've got to analyse the races. Uh, if you're going to back bend at Ned, you're just praying Mickey Do doesn't begin, I think, if you're looking at it that way. And if, again, Bandit Ned's record when drawn from boxes five out, undefeated in 10 starts from boxes five, six, seven, eight, we just heard 
uh, in that interview with Andy. Aston Brack from boxes six, uh, five through to eight. He's had seven starts, six wins. The only start that he's been unplaced in from a wide box is from box number eight. So, but that was a long while back in his career. And, and again, it's say uh, 2960. If Mickey steps, he's going to get the perfect run. Um, I'm keen on Aston Brack at the price. Uh, I, I think he he's going to get that run of the race that you just mentioned. Can't discount Bandanetta. Say a dog that wins 14 out of 17 runs 55 at at uh, Wentworth Park. You know he's a free for all dog at other tracks around. Um, New South Wales, Andy and Jody have said in that interview, they've done a great job placing him. I'm going to back a couple of back markers as far as the exotics go, Battler. I thought Sound of Silence and Zipping Kansas, they both will be run on dogs if there is any trouble in the race. Um, Sound of Silence got that perfect run through at the first turn in its heat to run 65. Zipping Kansas again, he also got the run through uh, to run 29.89, but I do subscribe to your belief that it's very hard to win Group 1 races when you're five and six, seven lengths off the leaders and they're running 60 and 65 and 50 up front. It's nearly impossible to do, but I love playing the, the first fours and the tries and that. So I'm with Bandit Ned and Aston Brack. Sound of Silence and Sipping Kansas go into the exotics for me, mate. Yeah, I, I, I think we're both... Could be the poor old Jason Fletcher. We're both landed, landed on Aston Barack. Uh, so they're probably... They're, cursing yeah. us right now but look I, as I said from a moment ago I just think he's perfectly drawn but it's all about the race shape as far as the way I, I read races and um, banking on Mickey Do beginning he's going to get that beautiful run. Alright that is the second of the group ones that will be staged on Saturday evening one of as I said one of the most intriguing staying races I think we've been looking forward to seeing for some time is the Group 2 Sydney Cup. The field is zipping the Zeko in box one. Uh, fixed odds currently around $7.50. Line of quality at $10. My Margarita, the outsider, at $100. Miss Esme draws box four at $4.60. Stanley Road, Group 1 Association Cup winner. Group 1 uh, Top Gun Stayers uh, winner at even money from box five. Carly Keeping in sixes around the $41. Buy Five Helen is a scratching from box seven. Super Estrella at $4.40. And Prim and Proper, the kennel mate and half-sister to Super Estrella, now gets a start from box seven. It is currently $41. A man who's been having a run for what seems to be the last couple of years, it's been outstanding for him. Dave Smith joins us now. And Dave, uh, you've got Super Estrella drawn in box number eight. You now have Prim and Proper drawn in box number seven. And I guess if there was a box that you wanted Prim and Proper in, it was probably on the inside of Super Estrella because she also steps out sweetly and wants to head across. Yes, yeah, she does. But she also likes to get off the track a bit on the first corner. So I think it's important for Super Estrella to be in front of her to give her a chance of winning the race. Let's talk about Estrella then. Uh, she's out of Esparza, a former Group 1 stayer. She's a half-sister to Prim and Proper. Um, her heat win, 42.04, out on the bunny, running time. How impressed were you with that run? Oh, you couldn't expect any more. She went as good as I'd hoped she could. She's trolled on uh, even better than I would have would have hoped. So she's got every chance. We just hope for a fast track, and that'll obviously play into her hands if um, we can get a fast track on Saturday night. Now it's been 10 nights or will be 10 nights from the heats which were Wednesday week ago into this Saturday night. What have you actually done with her in that time? 
Well, I gave her a 5.35 at Richmond on Sunday night, having the track been prepared for a race meeting. And with all this rain around, I thought that was probably the safest option. So, uh, you know, I thought better get in with all this rain coming before get the trial in nice and early. So well, she did a 5.35 and ran 30.61 on, on Sunday night, which with the times they were running on Sunday night, that's pretty good. I was very happy with it. Yeah. And listen, with Box 8, as you said, prim and proper, and again, a greyhound that can, can get out, does want to get a little bit wider that first turn, but Super Estrella drawn out in Box 8. How does that box sit with you, given the way that the other runners are drawn in this field? Oh, look, I would have rather been in box one or two, but I think you can handle the eight. It's just there's a bit of pace underneath it there now with Prim and Proper and Miss Esme and even Zipping the Zecco in one. They can run good sections as well. So, you know, you don't win these races unless you fly out anyway. So she gets a chance. It's better than box five, six, seven. And and looking at it, the other, the two major dangers, according to the bookies, that they haven't drawn that well either. So no excuses for her. Miss Esme, um, she's had the better of Estrella in the past couple of times that they've met. Um, they're both greyhounds that are, as Timmy and I have both said, on an upward trajectory. They're still very, very limited in their preparations over the 700. And this obviously is a big race. It's a group two, but there's bigger things to come for both Miss Esme and Super Estrella, I think. Yeah, look, they're both very young and look, when it, it's run it down both times, but only by half a length or a length, and the times have been amazing. Yeah. So I think you're right. They're just if we can just get that uh, bit of luck, there's that little bit of improvement still in her. And as you say, she's just got a, an invite to nominate for the Top Gun. So that's really pleasing to see that she's been looked at in a state. And there's there is, I don't know if there's bigger things in the Sydney Cup to come, but I will uh, <laughs> start with the Sydney Cup. Would be nice. She's always showing you something about, hasn't it? I mean, you go back to her early starts. It took a Four starts to break a maiden at Wenty, but then two starts later, she ran 29.76. Um, she's a greyhound that's been so consistent. 18 wins, 18 placings from 41 starts. Where does she sit with you as far as the best that you've trained so far? Yeah, look, we've had other dogs that have shown a lot of potential and probably trolled just as fast, but she's put it together on the racetrack. Touchwood, she's relatively injury-free, and I think that's what makes a hell of a difference in getting the results. So, yeah, early on, she, she wanted to get up the track a little bit, and it just takes a little bit for them to learn how to race in amongst the field. And it's, she's probably cost herself the futurity, the Group 1 futurity, by running off on the first corner as well. So hopefully she's learned from all that and she'll get a chance on Saturday. And a lot of times in those sprint races, um, not so much poor box manners, but a lack of early speed up against the real sprinters, yet the step up to the middle distance and then now to the long distance her early toe really stands her in good stead and puts her in that position to be able to win these races. Yeah, it does. And look, she's run 15.90 a couple of times there at Wenny. So she has got the speed, but she just needs that bit of room and that that extra yard to pick up the pace. So that 7.20 gives her that chance. So yeah, she's proven she can go with even the, the best sprinters, but in, in those races, it gets a bit bit tough for her. Well, like that bit of room. Yeah, 15.9 wins pretty much any of those 280-metre races at Wenny. Um, you spoke about the Top Gun, a nomination to the, the Top Gun stayers. We've got a, a big race coming up next year uh, over the, the, you know, 700 metres that we're still yet to announce details, but that will hopefully come out in the next few weeks. Um, the team itself, Dave, you race a lot of the dogs that, that have the uh, ethics suffix and that. Um, for you personally, um, you know, what's, what's it mean to continue to train winners? 
you know, it's been a lifelong dream for you to, to be a professional trainer? Yeah, well, it has. I started out in, uh, as a professional accountant and ran my own business for a while. was lucky enough to be able to buy a farm, which was always the dream, and, and do the dog. So you need those winners to stay in it. So, it, um, you know, we haven't been one that goes through the dogs. We just bred our own and race what we have, wherever that leads us. And now Michael Jones, who's always done my rearing for me, he's thrown a few our way and they're going really well. So, yeah, we just uh, hopefully can keep going. And, of course, the Jones had my bro Fabio, trained by Jamie Ennis, a Group 1 Perth Cup winner. Uh, and they also – did I – they had a Sparza as well? They did. I, they, I think they might have sold a Sparza and then just got her back for breeding. So, But they certainly had, had her and reared her and then, and then sold her with margins, I think it was the brother. So pretty successful litter, that one. Dave Smith there, uh, talking about the chances of Super Estrella and also prim and proper battle. I don't know about you, I'll tell you, I reckon I've looked at this race – 27 times and come up with probably 26 different winners. Yeah, it is a tough one. Uh, just trying to work out how the race will be run. Will Super Estrella get across? Will Esme, Miss Esme hold her out? Zipping this echo is the greyhound, I think, who's maybe flying a little under the radar, letting all these big names who we've been spruiking for the past couple of months uh, she could be Johnny on the spot from box one, punching up, holding a third behind those two likely leaders. Uh, Miss Esme Duke, I think she's got to find probably three tenths on her heat victory to win the race. Stanley Road, well, what can you say about him? Um, he'll be out the back early. Um, if the runs come, we know he, he, he's got a booming finish and if he's within striking range of the leaders on that top turn, he could easily run them down. Line of quality, Duke. His run was outstanding uh, in his heat. First up for, uh, what, uh, two months or thereabouts. So, uh, but he's he's a greyhound who, who needs plenty of fresh air and everything to go his way. But if he turned up and the runs presented mid-race, he could easily be in the finish as well. Uh it's a tremendous race. I can't, I'm actually looking forward to this race the most on Saturday night. I, I can't wait. Um, we've been spruiking these, these two bitches, Miss Esme and Super Estrella, ever since with this show began a couple of months ago. Um, and, and, you know, now it's their time to really shine in a Group 2 race, biggest uh, test in their career. So, yeah, Saturday night, it's, it's a mouthwatering clash. I look, I concur with everything you said. I think they're up and comers. Uh, they're not seasoned. They're not hard fit racing dogs over the 700. They're still very young in their, in their staying careers. Zipping Nazeko only a couple of runs back. But I know one thing after watching Greyhound Racing for probably the best part of 50 years, Battler, that good dogs win good races, dogs that are seasoned, dogs that have had their preparations time to the minute. And although we mentioned in the past about, or in the previous segment about, um, you know, sprinters not being able to come from off the pace, it's a totally different scenario mm. with a stayer. And I can't help as said last week to think that Mark Gatt has timed the preparation of Stanley Road to perfection. He did it earlier this year with the Association Cup with this dog. He got him peaking at exactly the right time. His heat win was devastating. I thought he ran 41.93 and... Again, um, you know, 4204 for, for Super Estrella. Uh, Miss Esme out in front running um, 4229. Sipping Niseko running 4222. 
We know he can run the time. We know what we're going to get with Stanley Road. He's going to be out the back. You're going to be holding your breath. You're going to be going, why? Why have I backed this dog? And then all of a sudden, you're going to find he takes runs. He's very, very, very smart in a field. He uh, is, Duke. I know, I, know, I know he's short. I know it's easy. It's an easy cop out to tip a favourite. But again, drill down on why you're tipping him. And that's why I think Stanley Road can win. And Duke, if you go back, and we mentioned this on last week's show when we were reviewing the heats in, in probably more depth, what were the run home times of the two bitches, Super Estrella and Miss Esme? If you have a look at their run home times and then you have a look at Stanley Road, he was home at about 12.10. They were around 12.7, 12.8. Now, um, if you go off those times, he can give those bitches eight to 10 lengths with clear running, mind you, with clear running, he can give those bitches eight to 10 lengths on that top turn and run them down. So if you can just get him sliding through, you know, at the first turn and even down the home running, you know, on the first occasion, even if he is probably 12 or 13 off them, if he can just gradually make ground midway down the back and, you know, if he's got clear running, we'll look out leaders, but he could even overcome a few little, you know, checks early doors and still run those run those girls down. The big question is zipping the seco. Where is she going to land? How much improvement has she got in her uh, from a first up run over the seven hundred for seven, uh, for three months? Uh, look, I think she's she's the one with the most improvement as far as fitness wise uh, is concerned, and she's got a gun draw. She's drawn just a park behind the two leaders. So, yeah, can't wait, Duke. Yeah, look, the, the thing that gets me with Stanley Road, he's run 41.9 there a few times to me. Mm. Um, you know, Zipping Naseko, who I actually think, like you, is the danger. It's had nine goes at Winnie over the 700. It's got a PB of 42.07. Mm. You know, it's two lengths off what, what Stanley Road can run. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I, I think I think Zipping Naseko will get that perfect run. No no early pace from line of quality um, in, in, in that run of the first turn. Zipping Naseko punches up. Miss Esme, Super Estrella lead, pace from prim and proper, um, Stanley Road out the back, um, sipping the Seco, smoking the pipe. So for me, I think Stanley Road wins. I think it, it beats sipping the Seco perfectly drawn. And then I think the speed dogs will, will, will be thereabouts at the finish, but not being able to hold off the challenge. Yeah, I'm in the corner of Stanley Road as well. I've got him on top. I'm putting uh, Super Estrella in for a second. I think she can get across and lead, and I think she will... Uh, improve on that 42.04. Now with a few 700 metre runs around, uh, under her belt now, I think she's getting stronger and stronger. Zipping this, oh, I think she's got a great chance. She'll park behind the leaders, leaving Miss Esme there. She's got to find a few tents, Duke, uh, on, on her heat uh, heat win. She's in the care of Jack Smith. I, I think after talking to him after the race last week, I, I think she went in a little bit underdone. So I'm sure he's got a bit up his sleeve as far as she's concerned. Can't really outline equality, but um, yeah, I'm in the corner of Stanley Road. And, and Duke, I think the race could be run to suit him with all these speed runners. You know, you've got prim and proper as well. So you've got four or five high speed greyhounds here who will put on the pad and that might break the field up which will play into the hands of Stanley Road. I've got him on top, but if you chime in, I'm sure you're going to have your heart in your mouth in the early stages. Yeah, and the first race, uh, the first of 10 races at Wenny on Saturday night, kicks off at 6.42pm, as I said earlier. Uh, the Batra and I will be there trackside right throughout the night. We'll have uh, pre and post-race interviews. All right, Batla, 
Ivory Coat, our great sponsors of What's Hot and What's Not. Tell me, what is hot for the battler this week, apart from getting out of lockdown? Right? Did you have a haircut or no? No, no oh. I haven't. You, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I've been up to Barry, Barry yeah. the Barber. Barry the Barber. Uh, it's Thursday morning now. Okay. We're doing this show. I've been up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Duke, the lineup. There's, there's four in the shop, I think, and there's twelve. there were 10 or 12 waiting each time. I don't wait. I can't do that. I'm going to have to get a haircut before Saturday. Well, before yeah. I get back to the track, because I don't want to go through what I did like a couple of weeks ago. People just give it to me left, right, yeah. you know. So um, tonight, I'm hoping they'll be open a bit later, being Thursday night, you know, late night shopping, all that jazz. So I'll go up tonight, hopefully, and I'm just going to have to, I have to work. I'll just have to line up and yeah, yeah. I've got to wait for an hour. But yeah, that's the reason I have, as I said, I have been up three times, but I'm drive, drive in. He's parked just on the outside of the shopping center. Now, Barry the barber is very hot at the moment. Oh, oh. Man, he, is, he should be what's hot. Yeah, Barry, I'll tell you what, he's, he's earning a fortune with a poor bugger. He hasn't had much last few months. So uh, I hope it continues, but I just hope it's just, you know, I, I can can't wait for two or three people in front of you. Yeah, I, I don't Not wait. Not 10 or 12, please. Please, it might be a case of just taking my chances with Paul. I mean, uh, <laughs> those I, you had your opportunity. I, yeah. I think I'm bad, mate. As I said, I wasn't going to be another victim. She'd already claimed two in the two yeah. boys. Uh, now, what's hot? I know this is a, a New South Wales show, but this greyhound went around at Bendigo on the weekend. And uh, he's a former, New, well, he's, he's, he's a New South Wales owned and he's a former New South Wales trained greyhound. Typhoon Sammy, who we have mentioned on this uh, this show a few times, uh, that he was running flying times around Grafton. He won a heat of the Bendigo Cup on Saturday night and and beat Tigalong Tonk, who is you know he's just a Group One dog. He, he uh, he's been a Group One dog for a couple of years now. Duke ran a track record winning that heat uh, on Saturday night. He's now in the care of Jason Thompson, but oh, he is an outstanding talent. He's now been down in Victoria for. Oh, a couple of months, but he's 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 five for five down there. He'll go into the Bendigo Cup on the weekend. The the skinny favourite, and uh, he's my what's hot this week. As I said, I, 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 there is a New South Wales link with mine, so I'm still sticking with us. But yeah, uh, I've got to give him a rap, Typhoon Sammy, and you know the dog really well. Yeah, I do. Trained by Johnny Dart at the time up here, and uh, a Grafton dog basically. And I'm my what's hot this week. Battler is Baroque Knight. Uh, for the toot toot man, the train man, Stevie Key. <laughs> he's filthy on you too, by the way. Because you, you, yeah, he's filthy on you because you jumped on the train when I started giving it to him. He thought, <laughs> he, he, thought you, he said that new bald, he said he's bad, he's finished. But that's all right. Keep well, that's another one. <laughs> How about this? Baroque night last Sunday evening at Grafton, first up for six months. His previous run, he ran third in the Group One Golden East Street. Wacky Jackie comes out and breaks the 350-metre track record, runs 1980. <clears throat> Holds the record, I think, for 14 minutes. Because in the very next race, Baroque Knight comes out and runs 1972, thank you very much, after missing the start. Now, again, listen, I, I love taking the mickey out of Kiwi. So does pretty much everyone else up here at Grafton. <laughs> right? We all go, toot, toot, he's Kiwi. Right? <laughs> All jokes aside, sensational training effort. The dog had done both pin muscles. He torn one, then Kiwi put him up the straight after he got the first one fixed, tore the other pin muscle, torn gut muscles. Um, six months off the track, Kiwi was worried he would never get him back. 
to run 1972 over the sprint after missing the start. Keepy actually believes he can run around the 196 mark, which is just off the charts. Uh, he's not forward enough. We've got uh, heats of the Lismore Cup on Tuesday coming up. Uh, he won't be forward enough for that, obviously. Uh, he's going to take him along slowly, 450 metre races, uh, and then just pick his mark with the dog. But, you know, he was brilliant through that Golden Easter Egg series at massive odds. Uh, I remember getting 8 and $10 the place about him, and, um, and Kibi did a great job with him then, did a great job to break that track record on Saturday night. But, yeah, no, he's filthy on you, mate. <laughs> he'll, he'll watch this and he'll go, you're right, Duke. I told you I was filthy about Newball. Yeah. Get in the queue, Keepy. Get in the queue. Oh, mate, uh, I've, been, I've been fighting them up for 100 years. Uh, I've got to say, that night, Golden Easter Egg Night, like it's a great training performance, what you've just said, but that night at Golden Easter Egg Night, was like he, he was that happy. It was like he'd won the race. Yeah. It was just fantastic to see, you know, how happy he was running third uh, be behind, two, well, behind two wonderful dogs, Tommy and, and Wow. And... Um, yeah, I hope he gets back to the big time and, and contests the big races because it's it's good to have Steve um, with a contender in, in in feature races because he's a good good fella and yeah. uh, he certainly enjoys he enjoys himself when he when he's there. A few trainers, if they're there, you know, sometimes you're there, you know, every every couple of months. But I love seeing you know, and it's a bit not hum, but if you know what I mean, it, it sort of becomes second nature a little. That's why you like to see these trainers who aren't regularly there in the group one races get there and they, they certainly take it all in, Duke, and enjoy the moment. And if you're a latecomer to behind the boxes and wondering why we call Toot Toot, Stevie Keep, there's only one rail crossing between Grafton Track and where he lives <laughs> in Borrego Creek. Uh, Keep he managed to uh, get cleaned up by the XPT a few weeks oh. back, which everyone... <laughs> I don't know why people think it's so funny. I don't know why I think it's funny. I think it's only because it's keepy, mate. Uh, and look, oh, here are the photos again of it. And uh, the car, not a good side. Apparently, the train driver's still in therapy. Uh, keepy's still in therapy as well, let me tell you. So I'll tell you what, you just keep ramming it home. Keepy, now, uh, look, I'm not oh. taking part of this. It's only Duke lost this one. You know, oh, you're right. giving it to you again. Oh, oh, absolutely. I give it to him deluxe. I gave it to him on Sunday night. Where, no, Monday, he rang up. I rang him after the race, you know, and I said, oh, you're too busy, can't take my call and that. But no, no, look, all seriousness, uh, Baroque Knight, a greyhound to follow. He is something that will, again, if he can get back to what he was, uh, he's going to give um, some of those feature races around Christmas, New Year. I, I mentioned to keep you about Albion Park. Uh, he goes, oh, I'm going to have to go to Albion Park. He doesn't like travelling, apart from 20. So, hey, Battle of the Rumour File, uh, the best one I got this week was uh, it's going to be a strike, right? We're not going to take it anymore. They're shouting from the rooftops. COVID, double vaccinations, we're going to go on strike. Mm, okay. That lasted about four minutes, I think, because at the end of the day, mm. unfortunately for some human beings, uh, not so much greed, but they understand where their bread is buttered, right? Mm. So to, to those trainers that I got text and phone calls from asking my opinion on whether they should strike or not, my reply was very succinct. Mm. I can't tell you what it said, but it was very succinct and said basically, give yourself an uppercut and wake up to yourself. Uh, we don't make the rules as we mentioned earlier in the show. Mm. You know, it is not Greyhound Racing New South Wales. And no matter what we've done, have a look. We've continued to race. I don't get why people are dirty on us. On Greyhound Racing New South Wales, and again, I'm, I'm only a contractor, you're an employee, right? Mm. But, I, you know, we just heard Andy Lord say, Greyhound Racing's never been better. 
to, to think that we've dropped very few meetings over the past 18 or 20 months. It is not Greyhound Racing New South Wales making these bloody rules up. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're adhering to the New South Wales government public health orders, Duke. Seriously. Uh, we, as a sport, we've got, like everyone else in society, you have to obey those orders. Uh, look, I've got some friends, Duke, who work behind bars, who work in restaurants. Yeah. And other industries work at the airport. They've lost their income over the last few months. Yeah. I'm fortunate. I've been working. I've been yeah, in income exactly yeah. like you. Greyhound trainers and, and, and participants have had an opportunity to continue racing through this whole pandemic and even last year as well. Uh, I think the three racing codes, the three racing codes are incredibly lucky to have raced all the way through. And I think if you actually grab anyone and say, and if anyone's honest, I think there were two or three times last year, I didn't, I thought, oh, we probably won't get through. We won't get through. But we just continued to do everything which was required. And that's everyone in the industry, participants, uh, right across the administrators, you know, getting everything run, everything into place, GWIC stewards, everyone, everyone getting together to get us through. So I think we've got to be realistic and sit back and, and, and you know, if, if I, I hadn't heard about any any strike yeah. action and I think that's 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 crazy talk because, um, you know, in, in, and again, I work for Greyhound Racing New South Wales, so um, people can probably just say, oh, it's new, bold. of course he's going to say that. But I think we've got to sit back and just realise how lucky as an industry we have been to be able to continue racing through because there's people who have lost their businesses, people have had no income, people can't pay their mortgages. Um, Greyhound Racing's continued, like all other codes, racing codes, has continued to race all the way through. Yeah, and I said that was a rumour, shut down very quickly. Uh, again, sometimes, mate, you can't put brains into statues. Um, I, I know it sounds you know, harsh in that, but I don't think people sometimes think through a lot of things and, and they do shoot from the hip and that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it just blew me away. Anyway, hey, listen, don't forget What's Hot, What's Not, brought to you by Ivory Coat, our great sponsor. Uh, they also sponsor the run of the week on the dogs.com.au website. Uh, great food and kibble for uh, your companion animal as well as your racing greyhound. Timmy, dogs to follow. I've gone for little Burrito Duke, who uh, we did mention here on this show a few weeks ago after running a, a track record at Gunnedah. Hey, listen, before you go on, has Alan Ivers rung you, mate? Because the dog last week was, yeah. was it keeping on? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it won eight straight? Yeah, I got it beat. You've got to beat not once, but twice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry, Al. Apologies. Anyway, I was just giving you a rap as a trainer, so we won't. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought it was the dog as well. Yeah, no, we gave uh, Al a rap as a trainer and, yeah. uh, and the Greyhound making eight, eight on the trot. We, we won't give anybody raps on the show anymore. Than no, just, just, they've just been beating his last two in four days. That's all there. <laughs> Little burrito, poor old Brian Garland. My, yeah. uh, my apologies, Craig, uh, Craig, Brian, but. Um, Little burrito, yeah, broke the track record at Gunnedah three runs a game, but went to Maitland on Monday and ran 22.31 on a bog. Uh, it had been pouring. Uh, the, the quickest other time was 22.62 on the night, run by Ebby Infrared Duke, who's in a Golden Cup heat on uh, on Sunday. And we know what Ebby Infrared's done in his career. He's a class dog. He's, 
He's 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 run made multiple Group One finals, I think. Ebby Infrared. Um, Robbie Rotten. Robbie Rotten ran twenty five seven to win over the four fifty. Fifty, yeah. And normally he'd run twenty, probably twenty. In his current form, he'd run twenty four eight. So it just shows how far or how slow the track was. Uh, and Little Burrito ran twenty two sixty. Twenty two thirty one was uh, an amazing run. Um, he's a brother to Miss Esme, so there's no doubt in the world he's probably doing. Um, we probably shouldn't be doing what he's doing over 400 metres. He's, he's going to be better whenever he gets up over, you know, over five, 600 metres, I'd imagine. So, uh, look, he is, he's a real hot talent. Uh, little Burrito has now won three out of five, and I think he'll be winning many more. All right, my dog to follow. I'm jumping on the uh, Johnny and Mini Finn bandwagon here, Timmy. I'm, uh, I'm going to select a dog by the name of Zipping Ontario. It goes around at uh, Richmond on Friday evening. Ran 35-34, uh, winning its last start. And it's out of uh, Zipping Caitlin, beautiful group each. 35-45, sorry. Three starts back, ran 35-34, just getting this bloody computer organised. It's also run 30 and 40 over the, the sprint trip at Richmond. Small field on Friday night. We're probably not going to get massive odds. But again, here's a dog that, you know, Again, particularly with Johnny and, and many, they, they know what makes Marty's breed work. Uh, they get the best out of them. He's been, you know, super consistent lately. He's won uh, three out of his past five, 35-45, 35-34. Just think he's a dog in that fourth and fifth grade sort of uh, style of race, particularly at Richmond. Uh, we're going to follow him. We're going to make a quit out of him. Yeah, and he, he's a dog who I think is just he, he's he's been a little bit immature, and the more racing he has, as as you've alluded to, they know what they that the breed needs, and I think he's just getting better and better with uh, with age. And uh, yeah, I dare say I, you're probably a, a greyhound. We will see over the seven hundred meters in in the not di too distant future because he's been strong in those other uh, other wins uh, over the five and six hundred meters. So yeah, he, he's a greyhound. He, he he's certainly above average, uh, Duke. And yeah, I agree. I think if you follow him over the next few months, you'll be able to get an earn. Hey, not only is it a super Saturday at Wentworth Park, it is a sensational Sunday at Goulburn. We've got heats of the Fireball on. We have got heats of the Group 2 Goulburn Cup. They make up the last four races on the card, races 9, 10, 11 and 12, highlighted by WOW, uh, also at Astra. Uh, we spoke with Andy Lord earlier about uh, Banded Ned in the Group 1 Vic Peters Classic. After that, I spoke to him about his chances uh, that he lines up in the Goulburn Cup heat this Sunday afternoon. Mate, let's go through your runners. Uh, race nine is heat one. Melcat, big boy, draws box one. Picture frame draws box four. <clears throat> Look, Melcat, I was talking to the owner of Melcat, big boy, the other day, and we've kept him at Goulburn for the, for the simple reason. He's a bit like Bandit. Now he's, he's in that stage where he's still learning. He's a brilliantly fast dog. But box one is his box. So... He should get every chance to win a heat without looking what's in the heat, you know. And what about uh, in the second heat? A win lock on top. Again, draws the red. Mr. Ticket draws box three. But drawn in between you is a greyhound by the name of Wow. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Wow. I mean, Wow needs to... Look, he's better outside. And, you know, I, I think Mr. Ticket's obviously not going to bother him. But uh, win lock on top will punch up early, even though Goldman's not his track. Um, he's as honest as they come and, you know, he won't give up. In the third heat, uh, race 11, one smart one comes up with a squeeze draw here, box five, 
Uh, it has run 24.50 at the track, but 56, actually. Yeah, another dog doesn't have a lot of pace. He can come out on his day. He's actually going really well at the moment, that dog. He's, um, he just needs to come out. If he comes out, he's a chance of qualifying. And in the last of the heats, uh, Ritz O'Donnell, he draws box seven. He comes up against Good Odds Cash. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether Good Odds Cash is a golden dog. Um, I've also got the eight in it, trained by Anthony Hazapati. Very express. Um, yeah. I, you know, I bred him and read him and I sent him down to Anthony and he loves Golden, but I honestly think Ritz O'Donnell was nearly unbeatable. Wow. He is absolutely airborne, that dog. I haven't, I've kept him away from the track for a while. He's running time. He's running times that, you know, he's improved for for his age and everything he's doing. I just think he's gonna and he's boxed to win. Box seven, he comes up with. Uh, he's a he's a dog that's run twenty four five there. His career record sixty six starts, twenty wins, twenty five minors. One of the most consistent chasers that you've had. Yeah, and he is a chaser, and he can run time, and on his day he can come out running. Collecting model, another greyhound, I think you bred as well. It's drawn box two. Yeah, look, the, the collecting model and coast model and that whole litter, they're not, they're a little bit small to get around Goulburn. But I think, well, Derry Express is going to get the best run ever because Richard Donald will come across hard and fast. But look, he is going good and I really like him. All right. So, my last question to you was who do you think your best chance in the heats are? You've obviously just answered that with Richard Donald. 100%. A bad luck, cracking heats. Andy has says he's just basically declared Ritz O'Donnell off box seven in the last race. Um, but again, we look at dogs like Wow, who's drawn box two. We know he's not well boxed there, but he's got a great record from inside boxes. And boy, oh boy, does he love Goldman. He sure does. 24-18 PB around there. He's a rocket. Winlock on top's drawn underneath him. He's going to get a beautiful run. He'll get plenty of fresh air to move. But, uh, you know, it's all right to say, you know, these greyhounds aren't that well drawn, you know, when they're wide runners. It all just depends on the greyhounds around them a lot of the time, Duke. Like Mr. Ticker's drawn on the outside of Wow. He shouldn't worry him. Ebby Infrared's got a bit of pace in four, so he'll be charging, uh, looking for the lead. But, look, he's... He's a class, right? He's the class runner, and the class takes you a long, long way. Clearly, the one to beat. Um, uh, Ad Astra's sitting up in the eight, as you mentioned just a little moment ago. Melcat, big boy in box one in, in the opening heat. That pair, that, that'll be a really good race. And Ritz Tommy, who's been airborne in, in recent weeks. It's interesting about Andy's confidence uh, with uh, Ritz O'Donnell. Uh, good odds cash is in that heat. Now, her run when she finished third in a heat of the uh, Peter Mossman was, a, was a, a, a belter last Saturday night, and I've got a huge rap on her. Uh, I think she, she's going to be awfully hard to beat in that uh, that final heat, Duke. And uh, Anthony has a party. He's coming up with uh, Aston Titan. Uh, in uh, in the third heat, drawn uh, box number one, so uh, it, it'll be awfully hard to beat as well. But all in all, it's 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 a really really good series. I'm looking forward to tuning in on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and don't forget you can watch uh, the Golden Cup heats and the Golden Cup Fireball heats uh, live and free on the dogs.com.au. So massive 24 48 hours of greyhound racing, Battler. Uh, the Phoenix concept, as we know, uh, greyhound racing New South Wales. Uh, purchased a slot in that. So do did the New South Wales GBATA. We're still in the process of deciding how we're going to determine the slot holder or the slot holder winner for Greyhound Racing New South Wales. We've tossed around a million ideas. Um, the GBOTs, I think they're going to run a race series. Uh, mm -hmm. We were looking to do something different, whether it was 
two dog or four dog match races. Mm. We're very close to landing on a concept with how we're going to do it, but. Yeah, and we should have news probably within the next, uh, you know, next week or so where we where we do uh, land. There are a few different, you know, uh, scenarios we are looking at. As you said, the G-Bots are running a race series. That basically uh, is a race series which goes for a month. So it is difficult to slot a race, another race series in anywhere. We were looking at match races, four dog races, but with the congested racing calendar with, you know, um, we'll Golden Cup this week, then we've got Lismore Cup and, and then the, the GBOT four-week series. So uh, it's a bit of, you know, toing and froing and tinkering. Uh, there's a few really good, good ideas. And, uh, yeah, it's all about, I think, where we will land in the end, it's all about promoting the sport and trying to bring a new audience to Greyhound Racing Duke. And, and with our corporate partners in News Limited, uh, you know, I think you know, what we eventually land on, I think I think it'll be a good idea, a, a, a good promotion for, for Greyhound Racing as a whole to be, bring a new audience to the sport. So, yeah, I think we'll have a bit of news in the next week or so. Yeah, look, I'm a great fan of, of match racing um, mm. as a one-off sort of thing. I, you know, I had a lot to do with the Speed Star Series in Victoria. Uh, I'd love to see us do a do a, um, a match race, whether it's a two-dog or a four-dog, a, a shootout mm. format, things like that. Mate, not for the Phoenix, obviously, but but mm. down the track. And I think that's where, you know, you run the races every seven or eight minutes. Uh, you, you know, you sell the wagering side of it as, you know, it's uh, South Sydney versus Penrith. It's, it's Melbourne Demons versus the Western Bulldogs. It's things like that. That's how we get that new audience involved. And again, it's it's like that mm. every seven minutes. So I, I really like that concept. And I know, you know, yourself and Wayne and I have discussed that. Um, and I think there, there's things that we can do, again, to promote the sport. It's like syndication, you know, you you look at bringing new people into the game and all that. Hey, Badler, how was Freedom Day earlier this, this week? Was there a, a little party at North Rocks with the new bowls? Uh, to be quite frank, no. Um, right. It's been a really, really busy week, Duke, this week. Uh, and haven't really had a chance to scratch myself, to be quite frank. Uh, or get a haircut. Yeah. Or get a haircut. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually uh, I got to a couple of race meetings uh, this week. I ducked out to Richmond on Monday uh, Monday afternoon. And I, I, I got up to Gosford for a few races on Tuesday night just to oversee a couple of things. So, yeah, other than uh, getting to the car and driving further than 5Ks, that's probably been the only difference to what it's been like for the last four or five months. I hadn't... Uh, and, so yeah, I wouldn't say there's been a, a great difference. Uh, we're working what Saturday, uh, Saturday night we are, but I think uh, I think we've got a few people coming over for a barbecue maybe Sunday. I think I'm not sure. It's so it's in the calendar. What are you? So <laughs> I've got to go check. Uh, I just do what I'm told, Duke. You know what it's like. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, like yeah, I, I am looking forward though. Get through this weekend and maybe next weekend uh, go for a lunch and a few beers and a pub or a restaurant or something and and and, and do something a little 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 uh, normal which we we haven't had a chance to do in, well, since late June. Well, I haven't seen you in person for I don't know how long, but I will see you in person on Saturday night. We're going to be live trackside at Wentworth Park. We probably will have a beer after the last mate at somewhere somewhere whatever. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Right, Adam, <laughs> me, you. Nick Cowley. Uh, it's going to be a big night. We're going to be live on air from around that 6.30. First race kicks off uh, around 6.42, I think it was, I mentioned earlier. Uh, but a massive night. The two group ones, the group two, Battler, thank you very much. As I said, a, a sad time for Greyhound Racing with the passing of Paul Wheeler 
uh, on Wednesday evening. Again, our condolences to the entire Wheeler family. But I'm looking forward to seeing you, mate, on Saturday night for what is going to be a terrific night of chasing action. Yeah, for sure, Duke. I can't wait to get there. As I said uh, earlier, that 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 Sydney Cup. Oh, I have I've been looking forward to this race for a good couple of months now, and I, I you know I know we've got Group One races, but this Sydney Cup it's worthy of Group One status really with the lineup we've got. So yeah, can't wait to get there Saturday night. All right, thank you, Timmy Newbold, the battler here on behind the boxes. I'm Mark Duclos. Until next week, good luck, good punning. Bye for now. Thank you.